Hello and welcome to the Reading Entertainment Podcast, episode 426 for November 19th, 2023. My name is Nathan Reed Spruth, and joining me this week we have Connor, the cyberpunk monk Besh. I'm here. I definitely wasn't typing during the intro. Wasn't yeah. me. Yeah, it wasn't me. Wasn't wasn't me forgetting what podcast number we were on and looking that up while the intro was going on. Definitely wouldn't Furious do that. Googling. Yes. And uh, that that's it. Aroa can't make it today because he said he is emotionally drained today. I get it. I'd be emotionally drained having to do the Reaton Entertainment podcast too. Yeah, or uh, taking care of a sick cat. One of one or the other. He did one or the other, and so he's he's not feeling great. So he's not here today, and that's all right. But but you can you can shout us out. Where can you find all of us? You could find me, you could find you, you could find Aroa's details at aroa.website, A-R-O-A-H dot website. Some of those relevant social media links I'd like to draw your attention to. Now that I say that, it's not social media, it's just links. One of those is Clinton's Core Classics, Arise of the Runelorch First Edition Actual Play Podcast. If you are into Pathfinder and fantasy and stuff like that, you'll love it. If, uh, if you're not, and like Cyberpunk's more your, your, your thing, then you should definitely check out Bug City Blues, a Shadowrun 6th World Edition Actual Play Podcast. I work hard on it. Yes, yes. The only person that does is is you. I have so much karma I have to spend, and I keep forgetting to look up things to spend karma on. That sounds like something you should do in your downtime. Not your character's downtime, your downtime. Yes, 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 exactly. And you can find me, Nathan Reed Spruth. Obviously, I wrote .website, but the big one is I'm on Twitch, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Pacific time to 9 p.m. Pacific time. I probably won't be there this week on Thursday. Because that's Thanksgiving, and apparently my mom's in town, so I have to go like go. I have to go and have dinner with my family, and then my mom's gonna try talking about politics, and then I'm gonna get mad because she's really not good at politics. So and... I'm like ninety percent sure I'm doing Thanksgiving alone this year, and oh. I had this this opinion in my head that I was like, I don't actually like I'm not gonna get a bird and cook it just for me. Why not? Do it. Because that's, A, that's a lot of fucking food. B, that's a lot of fucking work. That is, it is. It's not that much work, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of sitting around with the turkey in the oven and then like every hour or two you, you baste it and then that's it. So I'll probably do a non-traditional Thanksgiving this year and that's okay with me. You're going to go to 7-Eleven. I've done that before. Who the heck is calling me? No. Nobody, people calling me while I'm podcasting. Why? Why do really, people really at all? Yeah, at all. In this, I'm like, what? My phone is ringing. Um, you can, I, you're invited to go to my sister's house if you want. That's a long drive. But Man, if you, a little out of my way. A little yeah, out of my neck of the woods. Yeah, uh, but I'm gonna get. I'm probably gonna get our good friend Durga. He lives a town over from me, and uh, I'm going to probably pick him up and take him to my sister's house because his family is three hours away and figured he could come spend the day with us. So he can also get annoyed by my mom talking about politics. 
And uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be great fun. I so I'm gonna be there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday streaming this week. Uh, speaking of streaming, uh, you don't do it, but this is the only segue I could think of. What games did you play this week? That was a good segue. Thanks. Let's, let's talk about the easy ones first. I've been playing a little bit of Halo Infinite. It's not a good game, but like, it's Halo. I think it's good. It's good. It's fine. Mm, it's not. It's it's, it's fine. It's, it's it's okay. Like it's not bad. I want to still say can't it's... choose your colors, and you still can't choose the game mode you want to play, which are uh, two. I, I would feel like basic yeah. pivotal things, but hey, you know, it's Halo. Whatever. Yeah, you should be able to at least pick like I want to do objectives or I want to do deathmatch. I gotta tell you, the number one thing I hate my my game mode, my go to game mode is big team battle or something called husky raid, which is sort of like griff ball kind of. I guess it's actually nothing like that. You get random weapons and it's capture the flag. That's what it is. Okay. But if I'm doing a big team mode and I, like like you mentioned earlier, I want to do objectives. Objective based gameplay is my forte. I don't want to do Slayer. And if you're just doing a, a playlist that they've made, half of the time, if not more, you're getting some sort of Slayer. Yeah. And, and it makes I don't me not mind, want to play. I don't mind Slayer, but yeah, I, I think that they should do different maps or different types. You, you should be able to choose what you're playing. But I wonder if part of that is there's not enough player base to have separate modes like that. Hmm maybe at first i don't think that's an issue anymore it's going through a little bit of a renaissance right now it's had a massive player base oh that's good that's good did you did you play anything else this week yeah i got a couple more games to mention uh first of these is yakuza like a dragon which i beat uh we started about one minute early or one minute late that is because i was sitting through the billions of endings this game has it's a good game it's a good game i recommend it i think by the end of it i was a little bit like I'm ready to do anything but another combat. Oh no, it's another combat. That's yeah, and especially once you get towards the end of the game cuz you're just mowing through enemies. And it it's not fun once you get to the point where like at, like you just take out the enemies in one hit. Which is one thing I admire about uh Earthbound is it'll just like transition into it'll show the screen and then be like, "Ah, you got an experience point. Have fun." I love that Earthbound does that, and for the fact that it's a 20-plus-year-old game, I can't think of another one that's been that smart about it. Like, I love Earthbound because it respects my time, even when it's making me stand in a waterfall for three minutes. Yes. Uh, so, did you enjoy it? You had fun? You had fun I playing? would recommend it. Um, I, I don't care for, like, fighting games, so I think this is probably the only Yakuza game I'm going to end up playing, unless, of course, they do another one like this. I think they will. I think that they are planning on doing a... It's not Yakuza anymore, but I don't know what they're going to call it because it's now the series is called Like a Dragon. So is it going to be Like a Dragon, Like a Dragon 2? I think I heard it was Ishin or something like that. I, I'm, I'm not the person to ask about this. I'm like three or four levels detached from anything I'm talking about here. Yeah. But as far as this one that I played, love it. It's got classes. It's got RPG elements. It's Honestly, it's wholesome. This game is so bursting from the seams with wholesomeness sometimes so that so, it, it makes me feel good to play it so there is a like a dragon ishin i-s-h-i-n ishin but i think that's actually more traditional fighting game style that is i know that they are making a like a dragon 2 
like the the same art JRPG type of game. Um, they also just came out with a new one called Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name, which is another fighting one. I wish I liked fighting games more because I feel like I could get into this series in a big way just because of how delightful it is sometimes. It's it's a it's a really good game series from what I understand. Again, I've only played like you, the Like a Dragon uh game all the way through. So I'm not I'm not the best judge of them. Uh unfortunately one of our good pals who hasn't been on here in a while, Earl, loves the Yakuza series. I could see why. Yeah. He he's a huge fan. Uh so he it would be nice if he would join us again and we could pick his brain, but I haven't I haven't heard from him in a in a while. He's been like every once in a while he'll pop up in like my Facebook feed or something like that and and comment on something i post but that's about it by the way i exist yeah i'm i'm not dead i'm like oh okay cool that's good, good. uh did you play anything else so we've got yes what I've, was it i got one thing to uh, one final thing to mention here okay which is i got me one of the meta quests a while ago a fancy vr headset yeah and i for the most part have been trying to use this thing for not video games like i want to use it as a, a monitor i could take anywhere basically However, ah, I, I saw a lot of pretty phenomenal reviews for the Assassin's Creed Nexus game, mm -hmm. which is a VR Assassin's Creed. It's super good. I am blown away by the hardware being able to handle all this. Like, every, every time I start up a new mission on it, I'm like, oh, you know, it's, it's a VR experience. I feel like I'm in a hallway and people are reacting to me under very constrained limits. And then the game's like, no, nah, you can just go free. Go do whatever you want. Have fun. It's like, oh, oh, the free running feels good. The climbing feels good. Although it's it's not like an Assassin's Creed experience where you can just basically walk up to anything and start climbing, which is probably for the better. I would love it if as you were climbing up normally, your guy just turned around and jumped in the opposite direction. <laughs> the true experience. No, when you're leaping on like second floors and stuff like that while you're climbing, you have to like throw yourself up it's like i mean obviously not like climbing a real building but it's kind of exhausting i love that because you're really tall uh yeah i'm going to do my best to not gorilla tag up my house while playing this game but i'm definitely going to play it some more just put your head into like a ceiling van <laughs> what's going on first floor yeah that'd be uh that'd be fun uh but that's that's fun i haven't used my vr headset in such a long time I, I want to, but there's a lot of stuff in my living room, and I have no space. It's, uh, it's, not, it's not very very helpful to playing VR when you have zero space available. You should make some space. Uh, I'm trying to, but there's a couch behind me, and I can't really move it at the moment. Uh, just throw at the couch. It'll be fine. I've, you have no idea how many times I've thought about that. Uh, <laughs> it's the games I played this week. On Monday, I played... Some of that there, Spider-Man 2, Marvel Spider-Man 2 for the PS5. Great game. Uh, I ended up beating it. And for the first time ever, I actually did a 100% run of it. Neat. I heard it's kind of a short game. Uh, it took me about 19 hours. So, mm. yeah, not super short, but... Uh, there. The, okay, and this has to be... One of the complaints I have about the game is just the controls. And they're fine. They function. But because it's, you know, it's a PlayStation, it has limited number of buttons on it. 
with playing the game, I want to switch to the Batman Arkham setup. And I believe, I, I could be wrong, but it's just muscle memory at this point. When you're going to like parry an attack in Arkham, you press the, the Y or the triangle button. Is that correct? Am I thinking correctly? Y sounds right for uh, the PS5 controller. That'd be triangle. Yeah, that sounds right. Did they, did they mix it up or something like that? Yeah, so triangle is like your web attack. So like you can you web your enemy and you pull them towards you or you jump towards the enemy using the webs. And the parry button is L1. And so for the longest time I'm playing the game and like uh, it's like parry this attack and I would just instinctively pl- press Y in or I'm sorry, triangle instead of L1. Uh just a, a little bit of a nitpick there. Uh, right, I think a- that's fair. Can yeah. you change the mapping conveniently? I, that is. I, I, I One thing I do hear about this game is it's incredibly accessibility friendly. You know, I never even checked. I didn't even look at that. I was just, I was busy playing the game and I just ended up getting used to it <laughs> eventually. Uh, now, next time I go back to a Batman game, I'm going to be very confused. Uh, I've been kind of thinking about them Batman games again. Like, I didn't love them, but... It's kind of like junk food. It sure was satisfying. Was it Arkham Knight is the one with the, the car? The I, Yeah, that, that was the one where I really jumped off the series hardcore. I got very, oh, this is what we're doing now kind of vibes out of it. Yeah, I got that for free on Epic Game Store, and I played it last year, I believe. And it, it, it wasn't very good. I, didn't, I did not enjoy it very much. Uh, I liked the first and second game quite a bit, though. Uh, Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. Those were really good. I also... One one funny cutscene in the Spider-Man game. I don't know if I spoke about it last week. There's a scene where Venom goes to attack Spider-Man. And Mary Jane jumps in front of him and takes the hit. And I'm just like, but what are you doing? <laughs> Mary, you're the not super-powered one, and you're like, no, must save Spider-Man. And I'm assuming, but not confirming, that this is at a time where Mary Jane Watson knows who Peter Parker is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This entire game, Mary Jane knows who Spider-Man is. I think I remember her knowing in the first one. So, uh, uh, what the fuck, MJ? (laughs) Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, they're like, they're standing there in the house talking, and Venom comes in and is like, I'm going to kill you, and like, attacks Spider-Man. And Mary Jane's like, no, I must take the hit. I'm like, what, what are you doing? Stop that. And then uh, Mary Jane dies. She doesn't actually die in the game, but uh, it's good. It's a good game. There is, there's one, there's something called the EMF. It's called Emily May Foundation or something like that. And there's a bunch of quests in the game, you know, to do like these little projects around the different uh, districts. And there's one that you have to complete after the game is done to 100% the game. And I actually actually stayed up and did that, which is something I've never done. So I 100% of the game, but I did not platinum it because in order to platinum it, you have to play it on the harder difficulties. And the hardest difficulty doesn't unlock un- until you beat it. So I'm, I'm definitely not going to get the platinum, but I did get 100% of the stuff done in the normal gameplay session. Does it let you do a new game plus or anything? 
I believe it does, but I'm not sure. Kind of sucked to make you go through the entire game again and not have that option. Yeah, yeah, it it was fun though. I I enjoyed it. I don't know if I'll ever go back to it, just because I suck at going back to video games. I I just I hate feeling underpowered. Like I'm like I've already done all this. I should have more power. So that's part of the reason I hate like creating alternate characters and MMOs. Because I'm like, oh, good, I've already been through all of this stuff. Why am I doing it again? I hear you. That's a problem that I have with the Metroid games sometimes. Mm. Metroid or uh, some of the Castlevania games, like the Metroid That's a good games. example, yeah. Because especially, like, God of War is the one that kills me. Like, because you, you get all the way through the game, you're super powerful, and the next game they're just like, oh, no, uh, Zeus uh, took your power away. Now you gotta oh, no, do it again. Now there's an even bigger threat. What the fuck is this, Dragon Ball Z? Yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway, uh, what other games did I play? Starfield. I played Starfield. It's all right. I had I had fun with it. It. I got. You ever you ever played Fallout Four? You played Fallout Four. Of course. Um, I always found myself struggling to find like adhesive in Fallout Four. <laughs> Yeah, I had a couple of settlements that were specifically adhesive farms. Put those, uh, I, I'm going to call them villagers, put, mm-hmm. the, put those people to work. And guess what I struggle with getting in Starfield? <laughs> is, is it adhesive? It's adhesive. Uh, Unfortunately, but I, I don't think you could put people to work in the same way. No. Well, actually, you can create outposts and like harvest different animals that give you adhesive. Grind up the horses. Yeah, exactly. However, there's a mission I did, and in the mission, you're, like, working, you're, like, infiltrating what's called the Crimson Fleet, which is, like, the bad guys of the game, like the pirates, and you go on your first mission there, and they're like, all right, this is an information-gathering thing. Uh, I don't want you to collect loot or anything like that, and then we're going through, and we're killing the, uh, the animal life that is, like, cropping up from under the ground, and they drop adhesive. And so I was like, fuck you, I'm taking all the loot. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> and the thing about what you said is uh, it no longer meets my needs. Yeah, the thing about what you said is I got 75 adhesive off this quest, so I'm pretty happy about it. Uh, but it Did was, you have to grind them up yourself? Uh, you kill them and then you... you it's just loot, I loot, know. Loot their corpses, yeah. And then the other game I played, finally was able to sit down with a couple friends, and uh, we failed on a lot of missions in Payday 3. Were you, were you trying to do stealth? We were trying to do stealth. I think that's the problem. I don't think you guys are very stealthy. I'm, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, I try. I'm really good at the stealth in Payday 2. Like, I could do missions all by myself. Like, I could, I could rob a bank all by myself. Uh, half of that was murdering the civilians, but I was able to get, you know, you know, get through some missions without getting detected. It's just uh, Payday 3 adds different layers on that we're, we need to get used to. Uh, maybe maybe I could convince you to play Payday. Oh, wait, you don't have Payday 3. It's true. I don't have Payday 3. Because you don't have Game Pass. I'm sure it'll eventually go on sale for like two ninety nine. I'm sure in a month it'll go on sale for like a 10 bucks or something. Because it's Christmas. So they'll probably it's be... A, yeah, it'll, it'll yeah. probably go on sale for the holidays. 
Yeah, we'll see. It it might drop down to twenty bucks. They have to make their money back. They do actually. Uh, they they've said that they had a rough start, but they they have made money off of it. So I don't know if I don't know if part of that's to do with uh, Microsoft having them on Game Pass. Maybe Just, I don't, I don't really know how that pays out, or if it's like a a Netflix kind of situation or whatever. I think that it's a lump sum that they give you when you first get on there and then maybe a percentage of stuff. But again, yeah, I'm, I'm not too caught up on that. Anyway, we're going to transition and talk about some news stories. Uh, the first two are about cars. Because if, if there's one thing you know about Connor and I, we love cars. Oh, yeah. We, we pop with the hood and, and we talk about the, the engine and... And the oil, we're not car people by like any means. No, I, no, no. Uh, but we are going to talk about the Cybertruck. I hate it. I hate the Cybertruck. It's so stupid. The, the, like if it, the only thing I don't like about it is that it has that piece of shit Elon Musk's name attached to it. And that's not enough of a reason for me to just dislike something on merit. No, it's not even, I hate the look of it. I, I Whatever. Just, like it, I I hate the look of it, and I hate the, hate that there's so many people who are like, "Oh my god, it looks awesome," and I'm I just don't like, think it looks no. awesome. It looks different. Different's okay. Yeah, but uh, I have been told, you know, I had a I have a coworker who really loves Elon Musk in general, very very big Elon Musk Weird. simp, uh, but also uh, loves the anything Tesla uh, to the point where he has said he will never buy another car other than a Tesla. And uh, they're very, very interested in the Cybertruck. And the Cybertruck, they, Elon Musk at one point came out and said, hey, the Cybertruck, you know, we're gonna, our lowest end model is going to be like, get like three to 400 miles of range and be $40,000. Uh, turns out that now people are getting the phone calls to say, hey, you can order, you can pre-order your, your Cybertruck now. Uh, it'll be $98,000. A little over that $40,000 mark there. That's upsettingly high. That is the, apparently that's the more expensive trim, like the most expensive trim. But still, like, I don't see it going for $40,000. But another thing that they're doing is that if you do want to buy it, you have to basically sign a waiver uh, that says if you resell it in the first year, you have to pay $50,000 extra to Tesla. That's dumb. It's, it's so stupid. It's um, greedy. Yeah, it says uh, Tesla has added a section to its motor vehicle purchase agreement titled for Cybertruck only that requires users to agree not to sell or otherwise attempt to sell the vehicle within the first year following its delivery date. This is from TechSpot. Um, any buyers who, who decide to ignore the warning may find Tesla seeking injunctive, uh, injunctive relief to prevent the transfer of title of the Cybertruck. The company also demands damages from the seller in the amount of $50,000 or the value received as consideration for the sale or transfer, whichever is greater. So with the wording of that... It's at least $50,000, but let's say I buy a Cybertruck because I, I get super high because I'm in Oregon, and I'm like, I'll buy a Cybertruck. And then I sell it to Connor, and Connor pays me 
$70,000 for it. Then uh, it from the wording here, it sounds like I would have to pay Tesla that $70,000. Because if I didn't buy it for 70000 from you, I was definitely going to buy it for 70000 from them. Yeah, which totally. Is what it seems to imply. Yeah, that's... Who cares? It's If you own uh, anything, if you buy... Like, if I go and I buy a Tesla flat out, like, like I obviously can't afford to pay thirty to forty or fifty thousand dollars for a vehicle. But let's say I did and I spent fifty thousand dollars on a, a cyber truck. And then I I should own that truck. I I should be able to do whatever the heck I want with that truck, including selling it to Connor. Yeah, I don't see how they get away with being able to control point of sale like that. And it also is a little bit revealing in the sense that there's very obviously some sort of priority they want to control the distribution of these things yeah like i i could understand if it was still on loan right say you can't transfer the loan to somebody else i could kind of get that because tesla at that point still owns the truck um i could also understand like if it's a lease you can say no they don't qualify you can't transfer the lease over to them but to say you bought the truck or Cybertruck, you paid for it with your hard-earned cash, and you can't sell it for a year, that's, that's all sorts of fucked up. And I don't know how that would pass legal muster. I'm sure it does. I'm sure that there's no way you could take them to court and actually you know, win on that. But I, I still don't understand how that could even be legal. But that's it's... just me. It's the agreement that you're signing in order to get their service, I guess. But I feel like the right move is just to let the service die then. Yeah. I Don't buy Cybertrucks, not because they're cool vehicles, but because their company's owned by a... Megalomaniac? I, I have no kind words. Yeah. I, I think it would have been best for Elon Musk to just do what he was doing in 2015 and 2016. He was kind of flying under the radar. He was he was going out and he was doing like those those Steve Job-esque presentations. And I think he should have just stuck with that and not really gone on social media or anything. And then we would probably have kinder thoughts about him. Uh, but once he started like getting on social media and doing podcast interviews and showing who he really like who he truly is. Uh, especially recently. I don't know if you saw that uh, support of Nazi tweet he did. But anyway, uh, I think if he would have just like kept more of a low profile, we'd probably have kinder things to say about him and Tesla. Uh, but at the moment, I don't. And even if, uh, because the, the cyber truck was announced and shown off before all of the stuff with Elon Musk, like buying Twitter and being crazy and stuff. Uh, the the Cybertruck, I always just thought it looked terrible. <laughs> I don't know. It's It looks uh, different, whatever. It, it does, but it's just, it's ugly in my opinion. They're, they could have done a better design, but whatever. Uh, we're going to move on to another car thing, because apparently we love cars this week. Amazon is teaming up with Hyundai to sell cars on Amazon.com. 
My only question is, do they deliver it in the car itself, or does it come in like a box? I, I, what it says in the in all the articles I read is that they will team up with Hyundai dealerships near you, and you could see, uh, cars that are available on that dealership. Yeah, it looks like it, but that would be a lot more fun having somebody like open the back of their ultra wide truck with a dolly hauling yeah. this big ass car to you. Obviously, I'm being you know farcical here, but teehee. I'm I'm excited for when IKEA starts selling cars. Or uh, who who makes those little teeny ones like the uh, the ones that were advertised with the the hamsters? Are, are those Kias? Probably Kias. Let's say Kia. Sure. Again, we're not car people. No. I there are some cars that I like, uh, and most of them are goofy. Uh, did you have you ever heard of the the K cars? Uh, those are the ones that are like the the micro trucks, right? Uh, they are kind of they're. They're a classification of car in Japan that are like city vehicles. So they're made to drive around on Japanese streets in the cities. So they're super small. They can only have like 26 horsepower. Um, and they, they have like a bunch of requirements. But because if they meet those requirements, then those companies would get uh, subsidies from the government. So they were incentivized to make it. And they made all these tiny little K uh, cars, which are just, they're fantastic. They're just like tiny vans that only have 26 horsepower. Or like they made one that looked like a like a sports car that had like gold wing doors. But again, super tiny. You wouldn't be able to fit. You would not be able to fit in them. I'd be fine. Um, but the... The only car I was looking at buying, I, I did I say it on the podcast? I know I told you privately that I was looking at getting the Hyundai Ionic 6. I think we were just talking about, I think we were on your stream when we were talking about that, actually. Yeah, and unfortunately, I'm not able to buy any. I'm not able to buy the one I want. The, the one I want, uh, if I were to buy an electric car, it'd be the Hyundai Ionic 6 rear-wheel drive long range, because that can get up to theoretically 361 miles on a charge while that's not available because there are zero of the rear wheel drive versions of the ionic six in oregon like just none uh all of the ones that are available are the all-wheel drive which drops the range from like 361 to like 300 and I, I couldn't do that because I drive like 700 miles sometimes in like a day and a half. I get you. Um, but I do like that Hyundai is, is teaming up with Am Like, I don't like Amazon, but whatever. Like, I like that there's more options available to buying cars rather than going to the dealership. And making it easier for consumers to buy cars is always a good thing. Do you think other companies are going to join and start selling their cars on Amazon? I could see it happening, but I also think that I, I kind of like with streaming, I guess I could foresee there being a renaissance of buy your cars online. Like I know they're doing the Carvana thing. I know they're doing the, I think you could even buy like cars and stuff on eBay nowadays, but if Amazon goes, okay, we are going to try to make automotives a serious distribution. I would actually 
I, I imagine I would see people be like, well, hell, we could do that ourselves. And then Ford has one, and then Toyota has one, and, you know, within five years, they all flop, and then Amazon purchases them. Oh, yeah, does, well, does the online model, like, instead of not purchasing them. Not, not per- yeah, correct, not, not purchase purchases the rights to distribute them. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, like, so part of the reason why they haven't really done this is because of dealership laws in the United States. A lot of times, states will have laws built in that say, like, in order to buy a new car, you have to go to a dealership. Dumb. Yeah, it's really dumb. Um, and so, like, you, Ford has run into that issue where they can't really sell their trucks online. They have the F-150 Lightning, which is their electric vehicle model of the F-150. Uh, which gets, I think, 200 to 300 miles, like 250 to 300 miles range, something like that. And it's like 50, 50 to $60,000, I want to say. And dealerships are marking it up to over $100,000, and Ford can't really do anything about it. They can't force the dealerships to sell at MSRP. That seems like the exact sort of thing that making a law that forces you to sell through a, a licensed space like this would be there to prevent uh yeah no yeah they're uh and ford can't sell their cars online because of the laws that are there with dealerships and stuff and the the partnerships they have with dealerships so they're running into a lot of those and i know that ford has come out saying that they want to start selling their cars online um the reason why things like carvana can get away with it is carvana mainly sells used cars and used cars have a lot less restrictions when uh, buying them online. So you don't that have to like sense. go to a dealership or whatnot to, to buy a used car. Anyway, uh, yeah, hopefully. Oh, oh, it says here. Oh, perfect. Last one. Uh, Amazon's deal with Hyundai neatly sidesteps this issue by ensuring that dealers remain a crucial part of the process. Most dealers allow customers to browse and buy cars through their own websites, but having Amazon as an additional platform with millions of daily customers is sure to help make the process even easier. So I guess that is part of how they're they're sidestepping that issue is because you still have to go to the dealership. And if you buy a car... That let's let's say I was able to find a rear wheel drive long range Ionic six, and get it. De- it would be delivered to my dealership, and then I would go to pick it up. So I would still have to go through the dealership for financing and all that, which is I don't like it, but whatever. What's Amazon getting at that point, other than hey, we will pay to have this available to be host like to host these photos and a link. I bet you that they get a percentage of the sale like one or two percent some some or or some you know like they get a thousand dollars on the sale or something like that i bet All you this it's is something going to like do that. is make the prices of cars go up and i'm not for that it it may but prices are already going up and honestly i could see it not really affecting the price that much like i don't see amazon taking 1% of the sale or, or uh, a certain percentage of the sale, they the dealership might just take that hit and probably will just take that hit 
because they want to sell more cars. Because it I don't. Will be interested to like to follow up on this in a, a couple of years or so to see. I yeah. can't see it working out too well, and I feel like it's just going to make the process of car buying more inconvenient on a, a monetary value. Yeah, we'll see. I know that the Hyundai Ioniq Six twenty twenty four is about is supposed to be about thirty one hundred dollars less than the twenty twenty three model. So that's cool. Because uh, they Hyundai said that there's better uh, manufacturing right now, and so they were able to cut the cost by about three thousand dollars. Which is nice. Anyway, our last story has to do with uh, um, sadness. But it, it, you've, you've heard of The Completionist, right? Yeah. Every, everyone, anyone listening to this podcast... Actually, that's a lie. Some people listen to the podcast and have no idea um, about video games or technology. So, hey, uh, The Completionist plays, plays video games to completion. He, he actually... So, I 100%ed... Uh, the normal version of Spider-Man. Uh, I believe, like, I don't know if he's done it yet, but his whole thing is he will play and get everything and get a platinum trophy on pretty much every game that he plays. So, you know, good YouTuber. I know Nick Lotus is a huge fan of his. I'm a huge fan of his. I've had uh, some interaction with him, uh, like at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo. But uh, he did a charity. Uh, and he's been doing this charity for nearly 10 years. That charity being uh, raising money for uh, dementia because his, uh, his mom died, uh, you know, a little over 10 years ago uh, because of dementia and, and just failing health. Well, turns out they haven't given that money to anyone. Like, it's just sitting in their bank account. Which is weird. Not good. Not yeah, it's not a good look. Uh, so they do what's called what is it? Indie Land is where they show off a bunch of independent games. Uh, they've they've gotten like celebrities to come on board and and appear on camera. Uh, I know the big one I can think of is uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was there, and you know they'll get celebrities and they'll be like, hey, we're raising money for this organization and we're partnered with this organization. And then it turns out they've never given that money to anyone. None of those organizations that they've mentioned, they've actually given money to. Well, um, it's not a good look when people have to be like, hey, didn't the, the Gerard Completionist Society donate money? And they're like, we haven't seen it. Nope. Uh, the, so there's something called the Open Hand Foundation, which was founded by the completionist father, Charles Khalil, in memory of his wife, Karen. With two A's. Anyway. Uh, and... <laughs> in which the YouTuber and his four siblings play an active role, uh, according to the website. Not active enough, apparently. Currently, it has more than 600,000 donations un in an untouched bank account that has no evidence of paying the money forward to organizations working against dementia. Um, and it says here, this is from IGN, which, you know, it's IGN. The... This comes despite the completionist who boasts 1.63 million subscribers on YouTube running yearly fundraising events called IndieLand in which online personalities and celebrities come together to raise money directly for the Open Hand Foundation. 
says, IndieLand is a celebration of indie games with a mission to raise money for this charity for over 30, uh, I'm sorry, over a 30-hour span with a ton of developers, influencers, and pop culture icons dropping in for the cause. All proceeds earned during the event go to the Open Hand Foundation. Apparently, they go nowhere else. All all proceeds go directly into Reeton's bank account. <laughs> I mean, things could be worse. The donations could be hitting the bank account, and then they could just be like, oh, and it's gone. Where'd it go? Well, we don't have the receipts. Yeah, they they do say, like, I, I've... There's two YouTubers, um, some ordinary, some ordinary gamers, and Carl Jobst. Um, they've they've actually looked at the tax statements and they've seen the operating expenses. You know, it's about ten to fifteen thousand dollars a year for operating expenses, which is fine. That makes sense. Um, but other than that, the money hasn't been touched. They just haven't given it to anybody. So it's not like Gerard is pocketing the money. But it is not a great look to not give that money to anybody in a decade. Yeah. Um, they're saying um, that they they're saying that they were not able to find a company that they trust to give the money to for like dementia research. But if you can't find a reputable place in 10 years to do reputable, reputable dementia research, that's on you, man. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of these people who, if you reached out to the departments, they're like, we would happily accept money. Yes, this is tax deductible. Yeah. I had the thought when I was reading this article from like, okay, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Maybe they were waiting for a larger sum to donate, but like you said, it's been a decade. Something, something's not smelling right here. It, it did it get forgotten about? At that point, it's negligence. I, Was it remembered about? And they were just waiting. At that point, it's irresponsible. Well, the completionist is claiming ignorance on it. He said, uh, he did an interview. He said, I knew there, I knew that the money was sitting at a certain point, and that's what made me proactively go about it. I was made aware in 2021 that the money hadn't moved yet. And that's what made me go, that's not fucking cool. And that's what got me personally involved to move it. And not 2021, last year, 2022. So I guess he's saying that, he's trying to say in 2021 he found out. Um, or he started saying in 2021 was when he found out. And then he corrected himself, it looks like, and saying, oh no, I, it was actually in 2022 that I found out about it. But that's still over a year ago that you found out and the money still hasn't moved. It's just um, not a good look. And he said, I assumed that it was all going to charity, and I assumed incorrectly. Um, the completionist said again in 2023 stream that the Open Hand Foundation was contributing to various organizations. Um, and apparently, so he said that in 2023, after he would have found out that the money hadn't been given to these organizations, that they were being given to these organizations. So not a good look. Um, at the moment, from what I understand, Gerard has not come out and spoken publicly about this, which, again, is not a great look, but uh, there's speculation that they're basically trying to get that money out to people. <laughs> 
They're they're trying to make the donation before he makes his statement to try to make it seem better than what it is. I feel like this is an instance where waiting to see how much damage control you could do overall is ultimately going to hurt you more than just being like, oh, that money hasn't been spent yet? Hold on. Click, click, click. Done. Yeah, it's it's not a good look. And I think that a big... It, it seems like what Gerard... What happened is that Gerard was raising money. Um, and I'm, try, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, saying that he may have not known and was like... They started this foundation, they give money to it, but then they have somebody else run the foundation and and do all the management part of it. Like, yeah, we're going to give money to these organizations and stuff. And that Gerard was more hands-off with that part and didn't find out until 2022. But even so, why did you do another IndieLand in 2023 and say that you were giving money to these various charities, which you weren't. Where's the money going, Gerard? Where's the money going? Uh, again... Into a dead account is where it's going. Yeah. They, I'm like, it would be a, I would be a little more upset about it if they were like, oh, no, there's no money in those accounts. And they all went to, like, like Gerard doing a bunch of blows so he could stay up and actually beat those games. Because he does beat... Like he completes a game in like three days. Like that's that's his schedule is like he takes Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday to beat the game. And then like Thursday and Friday they write the script and then uh like Saturday they they film it or something like that. It's a crazy schedule where they they basically do one game a week that they're completing all the way through. So I could understand if he's hands off with the organization. But also, that being said, we are at the point where the onus is now on him to get this situation taken care of, and it's still not being taken care of. Yeah, and since he's the public face of it, it might have been somebody else's screw-up, but he's the one who's going to get all of the flack for it, because he's the one who's always on camera talking about it. I, I don't like it. But hopefully, hopefully good things come of it. And we hear in a couple of weeks that, hey, they donated, you know, 500 something thousand dollars to this organization. Yay. Please, please don't unsubscribe from our YouTube account. We need the money. Which is probably what's going to happen. Anywho, do you have anything else to add before before we end the show? Nope. Uh, it's real easy to do the right thing in this part. And, uh. We'll see if it actually ends up being done. Yeah. Ball's in your court. Yeah, Gerard. Do it, Gerard. I know you're listening. We're talking to you, Gerard. We know you're listening. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Thank you for being here, Connor. I was all you had. You were all I had today. And we'll be back next week uh, after Thanksgiving. We can talk about what we ate for Thanksgiving, where Connor will talk about, he's like, I did make an entire turkey. (laughs) I I ate ate the entire turkey. Like Bones my and jaw unhinged and I ate it in one gulp. Yes, you're, I need you're, to go to the hospital. You're playing. You're you're Kirby now. I just think of you as Kirby, and you're like, I turned into a turkey. The superpower it gave me is a 14-hour nap. <laughs> anyway, thank you for being here. We will be back next week. Goodbye. Yeah, speaking of 14-hour nap, that sounds kind of nice. <laughs>